What's up everyone, welcome to the Life Livers Academy. I'm Jamie O'Donnell and the purpose of this podcast is to connect you with the people, ideas, mindsets and inspiration to empower you to chase your dreams, unlock your potential and live life to the fullest each day. Get ready for some inspiring conversations and incredible insights from people who are out there living life, having fun and dominating their chosen path. I appreciate you tuning in, now let's get this episode underway. Super excited. We've got a fantastic guest on the show with me today. Uh, you've probably heard of him. His name is Joseph Rakesh. He is an online superstar, online trainer. He's amassed a huge following on social media with 3 million fans on Facebook, almost a million fans on Instagram, 350,000 fans across YouTube. I think almost 5 million fans in total across social media. He's built a huge online business and is recognized as one of the top online personal trainers on the planet. Joseph, great to connect, man. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to share a bit of my story. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this podcast. Cool, man. Hey, I mean, I've followed you for a long time, but where, where did it all start for you, bro? Like, how, how did you get into fitness and specifically, how did you get into or deciding that you were going to build an online business? Um, so it started a long time ago. Uh, um, so I've always been into sports my whole life, you know, soccer, you know, football, outside skating, um, touch, literally any, any type of sport I was into, um, especially at school, you know, I love PE. But funnily enough, at school when we had um, weights class, um, I always forgot my, my gym clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I was a skinny guy in the class, I was 61 kgs. Um, I guess I didn't like lifting weights because, you know, I was a skinny kid, the weakling. So I, maybe I was a little bit embarrassed and I just, I just never enjoyed it. But every other sport I loved. Um, so I've always had a sporting background. I was really big into cross country as well. Um, played soccer for most of my life. Skateboarding, you know, all day, every day. Um, but it came to a point, my my mum, she actually won a free gym trial. She didn't want it, so she gave that to me. Um, and me and my mates, we went along to the gym for the, for the trial. And, you know, we didn't know what we're doing. We're just kind of mucking around. But, you know, we saw our mates from school there. And it, it almost became like a, a social environment. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just, you know, hanging around at the gym. After the two weeks, we enjoyed it. So we signed up. And then we started going to the gym here and there. Um, nothing serious. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know anything about dieting. Didn't know anything about training. Um, we basically just went there and trained chest and biceps every day and, and chatted. <laughs> um, but, you know, even doing that, just because I was so new to the gym, we kind of started to notice, you know, some gains. And then I guess once I saw the gains and I saw my physique changing, that's when I, I you know, started researching myself and I got more serious about, uh, um, you know, what diet should I be following to gain muscle and put on some mass? What kind of training program should I follow? So I, I started learning more and doing my own research. After I did that own research, you know, I applied that to myself, um, you know, started going to the gym consistently, following a proper routine, following a proper diet. And once I started doing that, I guess the progress came in a lot faster. <laughs> and I guess something that was, you know, something that I didn't like or didn't enjoy, it turned into something that I did enjoy. Then it became a hobby. Um, then it led into my passion. And I guess now it's turned into my career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. It's funny that you fell into it in that way. I guess everyone falls into the gym in that way. But what what is it about fitness that gets you, man? Like there's, there's so many elements to to fitness and people kind of you know talk about the physique side of things and and obviously everyone wants to look good and with that comes confidence and stuff but there's always other things as well there's the mental element of training it it really is a great foundation for personal growth and personal development what is it that you love about fitness yep so true um the personal growth and just knowing that you can always better yourself in some way um and you're 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 never finished (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally a journey that never ends. Uh, I you know I guess you can be proud of your physique and proud of where you're at, but you, you're never going to be fully satisfied. You know you always want to you always are going to want to maybe gain a little bit more muscle, or maybe get a little bit leaner, and it's just a never-ending thing. And I guess it's you know a process and a journey um, that you can do for as long as you want to you know continue progressing and to continue bettering yourself as a person. Yeah, and that's what I enjoy about it. You know. Yeah, I'm the same, man. I, I think 
I, lo- I mean, I love the, the gym. I've had, you know, I've worked in that industry, um, run, you know, managed the gym. And uh, like, it's been a huge part of my life ever since I was a teenager. But I've said this in other podcasts. Like I spoke to Dave Latelli, um, Brown Butterbean, uh, probably about four or five weeks ago. And, you know, we talked heaps about the mental side of it and what it does in terms of just like, it gives you an avenue to strengthen yourself mentally every single day and like almost put yourself under stress and adversity so that you put yourself in a situation where you can deal with life better, you know? And for me, that's always been the biggest thing. Like, obviously, we all want to look good. And we like, I'm a sporty dude as well. So I, I like boxing and athletics. And there's a, I love training for something. But the biggest thing for me, by far and above, is my mental health when I'm training, man. It just puts me in such a better space. It makes me a better person. Uh, and it's something that I think is maybe not talked about enough. It's starting to come to light a bit more. But I think, like, you know, with COVID and all that sort of stuff and people paying a lot more attention to mental health now, I think fitness is starting to play a different role. Eh? So true. It's just, it's definitely the mental aspect of it. You know, when you go to the gym and you leave, you leave with, you know, all your endorphins and if you're feeling good, um, you know, that translates into all the other areas of your life. So everything else, you know, you know, becomes better as well. So it's definitely a huge um, thing to do with, you know, your mental health and everything. And it's just a great escape as well. You know, you can, mm. you can kind of escape, you can zone out and you also learn that, the harder you train, the more energy you put into your training, the more effort you give, uh, the better your results are. And when you learn that, when you understand that, then you realize that you can apply that same technique to other things in your life. Yeah. The more effort you put into your business, the more energy you put into your business, the better that becomes. Um, and, you know, I guess I learned that all through the gym. Yeah, I love that. The other areas of my life. Yeah, I love that. I reckon it's one of the most honest, honest things that you can do is like, you fitness is one thing like in business sometimes not very often but sometimes you can get lucky and you can make money you can hit things at the right time and have a good idea and execute on it and you know there is an element of luck in business obviously across the board over a long period of time it comes back to hard work and and building skill but with fitness there's no shortcuts there is it is the most honest reflection and so like if you're out of shape there's there's you didn't get there by accident and if you're in shape you didn't get there by accident and so one of the things, and I think the reason that you walk around with your head held high when you're in good shape is because you've fucking followed through on the promises that you made to yourself consistently, man. And, and from that comes self-confidence and self-belief. And like, I always say to people as well, like fitness is a great tool. You know, people lack self-belief. It's like get in the gym and, and start doing the things that you said you're going to do for yourself. Start fucking keeping the promises that you make to yourself. And all of a sudden, man, that becomes like a massive upward spiral of positivity. Yeah. So true. It just builds that confidence. And when you, when you have that confidence, you know, you're more positive in every other area of your life. Yeah, I love it, man. When did it become a business for you? Like, at what point did you say, I'm going to make this my career? Yeah, so um, I guess at school, I did, I did pretty bad at school, to be honest. Yeah. I, I dropped out of school um, and I, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. You know, I, I failed school. The only subject that I did pass was PE because I love sport. <laughs> um, but maths and science and all that, you know, just... I didn't have the attention span to be able to focus enough and to learn it because I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, but, you know, I loved, I, you know, I, found, I had found the passion for the gym. So I learned about the diet and nutrition because I was passionate about that. But I wasn't passionate about maths or science. Um, so I left school and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I went and worked for my dad. My dad at the time, he owned a food distributing business, distributing food to, you know, restaurants, bakeries, and stuff like that. So I worked for him. Um, most of the time I was working in a freezer packing orders, negative 18 degrees. It wasn't enjoyable at all. <laughs> uh, but every now and again, I'd be out on the road delivering the food to the restaurants as well. When I was doing that, that's when I you know, was at the gym training, and I knew that the gym was my passion, and I knew I wanted to do something with the gym. So that's when I thought, you know, I'm going to study to become a personal trainer, and I'm going to become a personal trainer. So I went and studied, got my qualifications, and then I started working in a gym, which was just a local gym by my house. Um, started training clients one-on-one, and you know, started building my business up in the gym. But at that same time that I was doing it, I was also doing my online training. Um, at this point, you know, I was just I was just starting off, so I was basically just posting my own physique pictures up on bodybuilding.com forums and people were messaging me there hey you know amazing transformation what was your diet like what was your training program like so i was was helping them 
um, through the bodybuilding forums. And it almost got to a point where there was so many people asking me for diet advice and workout advice that I thought, you know, this is a place where I can set up a service and, and charge for this. Uh, so that's what I did. Then later on, you know, I guess social media came around. There was I started putting videos on YouTube, um, Facebook. What year was this? Because you were real early to it, man. You were one of the early yeah. adopters to social media. Yeah, um, I can't remember what year, but it was, it was pretty much the start of when it. Yeah, it must have been kind of, 2007, know, 2008, sort of around that time. You were pretty early on. Yeah. So I started putting all my content up on social media and then advertising my services that I you know, offer meal plans and workout programs, whatever your goals are. Um, and I guess that started taking off. And it got to the point where the online side of things just got too busy that I couldn't you know, continue working in the gym because I just didn't have enough hours in the day. So from working six days a week in the gym, I went down to four, then down to three, then down to two, and then I completely left the gym and just focused 100% um, on the online side of things. And when I did that, um, that's when I went all in and just you know, truly started creating content and just trying to get more exposure out there in social media. <laughs> Yeah, because you, you've, um, like I said, you were early to the game. And like I always wondered whether that was just that you just started producing content and, and adding value to people and it just sort of snowballed from there. Obviously, you're pretty strategic and across social now, like you run a very good operation across all platforms. Um, you've obviously built a big team and a, and a huge business um, over the last sort of decade, I guess. What have been some of the biggest learnings in that online space? That's changing really fast. Every trainer now is jumping in online. Um, obviously, COVID forced a lot of people's hands. And I guess people realize that they're pretty vulnerable if they just have one stream of income, which was the gym floor. Um, and so there's, there's a big transition towards jumping online now. But there's more to jumping online than just you know necessarily doing a diet and a, and a workout plan. And I think people underestimate how much work it is and how hard it is. So what are some of your biggest learnings and takeaways from your last sort of decade growing in that online space? Yeah. So I guess the biggest learning is always, always continue learning and always continue, you know, adapting to whatever the world is, is, you know, currently vibing with, I guess. So right now, like pretty much everyone on Instagram who's been to the gym um, is pretty much selling meal plans and workout programs now. So I, I try and separate myself with that. So I guess I try and put out as much knowledge and as much value as I can. So when people watch my content, they learn, oh, Joseph knows what he's talking about. He knows about macros. He knows about protein, carbohydrates, fats, how much calories I should have, et cetera, et cetera. So I try and provide as much value so my audience knows that um, I have knowledge and I can back up what I do. And I try and use that as something to separate myself from everyone else. Mm. And I also believe, you know, the more value that you can give, the more chance of, you know, reaching more people because they share it with more people um, and then it spreads. And I think a lot of these other online trainers, they don't focus on providing value. They just, you know, post up pictures and be like, hey, get my meal plan, get my workout program. So I always believe in providing value first, giving first, um, and then, you know, trying to acquire them as a, as a client and help them achieve their goals. But I also think uh, one of the biggest things that has really separated me from, I guess, the other online trainers, um, and this was a huge learning uh, curve for me, I never, at the start, I never focused on building a community. I was just focused on selling meal plans and workout programs. And it was doing all right. But it wasn't until I started building a community that I truly transformed my business. Once I started creating a community and, you know, creating... Um, like a JRF team, a JRF family, um, my clients joining my private Facebook groups, my clients posting up their transformations, my clients using the JRF results hashtag, the JRF challenge hashtags. Um, it just became a big family. And then it almost started selling itself. Like the community was selling to their friends and their family and the community was growing my business instead of me just saying buy a meal plan or workout program. So when I created a community, that's truly when my business took a, a massive switch. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess the power of branding and, and taking that side of things seriously um, <clears throat> because you've, you've, got to, you've got to build the vehicle, but then you want to empower people to get on that vehicle and, and invite the rest of the crew, right? And yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's obviously something that you've done really well. I mean, you don't, you don't get to 5 million followers across social without 
creating something pretty special that people want to buy into. And I've always been fascinated on how you've gone about that. Do you, is there a platform that you focus on more than others at the moment? Like I know that you're, you're sort of hitting TikTok at the moment um, and that's kind of the emerging platform. There's a lot of reach on there compared to like Instagram and stuff at the moment. But YouTube's been a big one for you as well. Is there, Do you kind of look at them all evenly now or like what's that landscape like in your um, point of view? Yeah, um, so it's, it's very interesting because I believe that it always changes and every platform has its pros and its cons. So, yeah, I, I put up content everywhere. I try and utilize everything. I believe YouTube is probably the best because YouTube, you put up a, on Instagram, for example, it's normally just a picture. So if someone's following you, they, they scroll through their feed and they see a picture, they like it. They see another picture, they like it. They see another picture, they like it. But they, they don't really engage with you as much. But then if they watch you on YouTube, they're actually taking that time to watch you and get to know you as a person and build a bit more of a relationship for you. So I think YouTube is the most powerful because you can actually build a relationship with the audience. Yeah. Um, that's not to say Instagram isn't powerful. It still is. But I think YouTube's number one to really get yourself a... Um, I always think of it this way, be a YouTuber who has other social media platforms. Mm. Um, but I, I still post up everywhere. So back in the day, um, so I used to do pretty well on YouTube back in the day. But YouTube for me has kind of, I'm not getting the reach that I used to. Facebook um, used to be very strong a long time ago. And then it went absolutely terrible with reach. They just changed the algorithm, algorithms and everything. But now Facebook, for some reason, I'm getting crazy reach. Right. I'm posting some home workouts up and they're getting, you know, 700 to 900,000 views, you know, in a couple of weeks. Is that organic views? Yeah, organic wow. views. And Facebook used to be terrible for me. Like there was a stage where the algorithm just wasn't working for me at all. And I, I'd struggle to, you know, even reach, you know, 10,000 people. Um, but now YouTube's suffering for me. So they change the algorithms all the time and... Um, I'm still trying to figure out why I, I can't go on YouTube anymore. Um, Snapchat used to be a powerful for me. That used to be my best platform at one time. You know, I used to get, you know, 100,000 plus views on my stories and I used to sell a lot of people there. Now, Snapchat is absolutely terrible. No one even uses it and I'm getting, you know, around 20,000 views. But because it's a still a platform, I'm still using it every day. Um, I hate TikTok. I'm not a fan of TikTok. <laughs> But I understand that's where that attention is right now. Everyone's going to TikTok. So I'm, I'm not doing any TikTok dances or anything like that. <laughs> but I'm putting my workout videos up on TikTok because I know there's people there and I know it's a growing social media platform. So I'm trying to capitalize on it uh, before it's too late. But TikTok's a weird one, man. It's, you know, some videos I put up and I, they get no views. And then I'll put up a random video which will have no meaning at all, literally a like a kid getting out of my car dropping sushi. That was literally the video. And it got 400,000 views. Yeah. But then I'll put something up really, really good, like a good workout tip, and I won't get anything. And it's, it's annoying, but, you know, I guess the only thing you can do is keep posting and um, keep finding out what works and what doesn't work and keep changing and keep adapting. But my best advice for anyone watching this podcast or listening to it is use all the platforms and just try and put out as much content as you can that does provide value. Mm. Uh, but if you, if you really want to focus on one channel more than the other, I say go for YouTube because cool. YouTube, you can, be, you can build the best audience with because someone really gets to know you on YouTube compared to any other platform. Like I watch so many people on TikTok um, just because I'm trying to learn the platform, but I, I don't know who they are and I just go to the next video, next video, next video. But if I watch someone on YouTube, you know, you learn about them, you learn who they are and you just get a much better connection. Yeah, you've got a way bigger attention span on YouTube. The other thing that's massively underrated with YouTube, I think, um, is the fact that it's a search engine and Instagram and Facebook are not really search engines. And so, you know, like there's not people on Instagram searching, how do I lose fat or is keto the best diet or anything like that. And so with YouTube, you have the ability to do keyword research and find what people are looking for and then create content for shit that people are already typing in. <laughs> yeah, so true. I completely forgot about that, but it's such a huge, um, that's such a huge factor, you know? Yeah, ex like exactly what you said. People, what is the keto diet? They type that in and that's exactly the content that they get if you've done a video on that. Yeah, another thing I picked up there when you were talking about that because it, 
it is frustrating. And I guess one of the big barriers I, I feel for people is you kind of get told and, you know, you hear Gary Vee and stuff like that. And it's like, create a hundred bits of content a day. And <laughs> you're trying to run a business and you're trying to manage your life and do everything else. And there's a mindset block there for people where they, unless they're getting an immediate return, they, they don't feel like it's a good investment of their time and there's not enough patience there. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you when you're saying that, like you're on TikTok at the moment, you're a busy dude, man. You're running multiple businesses. You've got a shitload going on and you're taking the time to learn TikTok yourself and watch other people's stuff because one thing that needs to be stressed to people is that that's the fucking game. Like you have to learn. You have to be a student. And if, you, if your attitude is to go out and add value to people first and foremost – then spending that time is never wasted on that platform and it feels like less of a chore because you're trying to connect with people, you're trying to add value. But I feel like too many people go out and initially just try and sell their shit straight away and if they can't get reach or whatever, there's no patience there because they're not seeing the money in their bank account straight away. So what I picked up from you there is that you've been very patient and you've invested a lot of time in that. That's come back around now, but it's a key point for people to understand if they're starting out, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, Patience is super important and don't just go in there from the start trying to sell someone because why will they buy from you they they need to you know you need to give them some value first yeah that's right bro people people see the big business that you've got online now how many customers do you have online roughly like what how many people do you service uh at this point in time i'm not actually sure uh all my clients are on subscription but since 2007 we've had more than 130,000. wow <laughs> it's a lot of lives you've impacted man yeah definitely <laughs> Do you, do you like do you do you weigh that up sometimes? Do you like really think about the ripple effect of that? Because it's funny, yeah. Like we talk about the physique side of things, but when someone loses weight, yeah, they look better. But they also often, like we talked about, get more confidence. They become a better person. They go home. They be a better husband, a better, better wife, a better spouse. They perform better at work. They're a better friend. Um, when you actually think about the ripple effect of impacting 130,000 people, that's not just individual people, man. That's families and communities. So true. It, yeah, exactly what you said. It has a massive ripple effect. Uh, and honestly, just hearing the feedback that we get from some of our clients, you know, we get emails, we get DMs every single day of just, you know, people just blown away that, you know, how much we have just fully changed their life, um, you know, if it's with their family or their confidence. Uh, even their work now because of they've gone through a, a physique transformation. Yeah, we like we even get people sending us videos of themselves crying, you know, just thanking us. And and when we see that, it's pretty touching, you know, just to know that we've helped someone, you know, who's probably gone through a hard time, um, could never lose weight, could never get the results that they want, and then now they've just had this massive breakthrough. And it, yeah, it makes everything worthwhile when we get those kind of testimonials come back in. Yeah, it's pretty awesome stuff, man. Um, for those people, like speaking on that topic, there are people who, uh, you know, maybe looking at doing a transformation at the moment, um, or have tried a bunch of stuff in the past. I mean, it's it's the online fitness space is really interesting because it's super conflicting. There's so much information out there. A lot of it's shit information, uh, and a lot of it is good information. But you can find two arguments with very smart people on either side of the argument, and both of them are right. <laughs> and so, a lot of the time, people get paralyzed. What's your advice to someone? Like, what are the what are kind of the key pillars, I guess, towards actually achieving a result? Because you're someone you're in incredible shape yourself. Obviously, you've maintained that shape for years now. Um, but people people battle, man. They they battle to get started. They battle to maintain a result. Um, what are kind of the key pillars? Having coached 130,000 people, what would you say are like the one, two, or three most important things for actually getting a transformation? Yeah. Um, honestly, it comes down to diet. Diet is the biggest factor, but the biggest thing about the diet is the client needs to follow a diet that they love and they enjoy because at the end of the day, adherence is the actual biggest key. Um, and if you can't stick to the diet, if you can't adhere to the diet, then you're not going to get the results. Um, and that's the reason why people follow. It's because they simply follow a diet for maybe two weeks. Um, and then fall off. It's not until you actually adhere to the diet, stick to the diet, and hold out for one month, two months. That's when you see the real results. So with all my clients, I always say you need to follow a diet with foods that you love and that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So all my meal plans are 100% personalized and based around the foods that my clients love and enjoy. 
So, for example, if they if they don't like salmon, they're not going to get salmon in their meal plan. <laughs> like, I don't want to force anyone to eat something that they don't eat um, that they don't enjoy. And um, also, it's very important that if you struggle, um, you know, with cravings or with binging or stuff like that, then it's probably important for you to go on a diet that you know eliminates all that stuff. So I'm a big fan of the keto diet, and I promote the keto diet to a, to a lot of my clients because I think it is the superior diet for fat loss. Now, if calories are equal on a keto diet versus a diet that contains carbohydrates, fat loss will be identical if the calorie deficit is identical. Mm -hmm. But the reason I think the keto diet is so superior and the reason my clients get better results on the keto diet is because keto has so many amazing benefits. When, um, when you're on a keto diet, there's many benefits. For example, um, your kidneys don't hold on to any salt and sodium because low levels of insulin. So you flush out a lot of water weight. So usually within the first week of the keto diet, some of my clients lose three to five kgs, a lot of that being water weight. But that's super motivating. And they're like, wow. So they, they really stick to the diet and they really step their training up and they really stick to their cutting because they've seen it such a, such a fast, you know, such fast results in a short amount of time. Also, the keto diet, it blunts your appetite. You have no hunger and it takes away all of your cravings. Sometimes when people are on a diet that contains carbohydrates um, and because you're dieting, your calories are low. So carbohydrates are somewhat low as well but when you're getting a little bit of carbs it actually makes you hungrier and your cravings come out and then eventually it gets to a point where you just you break but when you're on a keto diet most of my clients find that their hunger's gone they've got no cravings and they can stick to that diet also when you're on the keto diet your energy's high it's always sustained you're really clear mentally you have good cognition um, mental focus when you're on a diet that is low in carbohydrates but still getting some, sometimes you've got high energy and you feel lethargic. High energy, then lethargic. Also, another benefit of the keto, I find if someone's following a diet where they have carbohydrates, they stick to it and then maybe they'll go out with their friends and they kind of think, oh, one time I'll just have a burger, it won't hurt. Or maybe I'll just get some fries with dinner, it'll be all right, just once. And they break it more often. But when my clients are on keto, because there's that line in the sand, oh no, I can't have that because it'll kick me out of ketosis, they actually stick to the diet better. So they normally just end up ordering like a steak or something lean. So for the most part, they stick to the diet because there's more strict rules. So even though fat loss would be identical if calories were identical in both scenarios, I think my clients, well, my clients do get better results on keto because more of them stick to it, <laughs> they feel better, and they don't have the hunger and they don't have the cravings for them to go on binge and break the diet. But I think a lot of people do the keto diet wrong and that's why they don't enjoy it and that's why they don't get the benefits from it. So when most people think keto, they just think no carbohydrates. And when you do that, you just feel terrible. So when you do the keto diet properly, yes, you have to remove all the carbohydrates, but you have to put the dietary fat back in there. Um, so your body runs off that fat and ketones. Yeah, another important point with that as well is making sure that you're taking in good quality fats if you're doing it as well. Because a lot of the times I see people when they jump onto the keto wagon um, and it's just loading themselves up with shit food, you know. And and like you say, like as long as the calories are there, like weight loss is good. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose the weight. But there's an, there's been a narrative in the fitness industry in particular, I feel like that it's just calories in, calories out. And on a weight loss level, that's pretty true. But like, not all calories are equal in terms of the feedback that it gives your body and the way that the, the actual function within the body. So one thing that I think is changing with the keto landscape is that people are moving towards cleaner keto because yeah. people are getting more educated on it as well, which is an important point. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, you know, it's so important. The foods that you do eat, it affects your training. It does affect your energy level. Yes, it is about calories in versus calories out, but if you're eating food that makes you feel sluggish and tired and bloated and you've got no energy to train, then you're going to be burning less calories because you have less energy output. So it is calories in versus calories out, but also the calories that you do consume should be good calories, um, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. Well and so you have better energy, so you have longer lasting energy because all those things do add up. Yeah, that's right. How do you, how do you, I know that you cycle and what about um, in terms of, 
going on and off ketogenic diet, I know that people kind of tend to have a, they don't do it properly when they go out of it. And so, I mean, from, from my personal experience, I've been keto, I've done paleo, I've been high carb, I've done all sorts of stuff over, you know, sort of the last decade. Um, and like you said, I guess the big thing that's coming through there is to understand that whatever you can adhere to the most is the best diet for you. Um, and you, you feel like a lot of your clients when it comes to ketogenic diet adhere to it better because it eliminates almost every snack option. <laughs> so, so, that, so that's a key point. But when it comes to cycling off it or, you know, people chop and change. And I think it's the same that what you were talking about with social media before where you were like, people start something here or they do a little bit there and they don't see the result then they jump over here. It's the same with dieting and they kind of never stick with something. They don't have the consistency to stick with something long enough, whether it's keto or whether it's whatever else. How do you manage that? Because I know that you jump between diets quite a bit. You will go through a bulking phase and, you, and you'll be high carbohydrate, but then you'll go through a ketogenic diet when you're stripping. How do you do that? Yeah, um, and that's definitely true. I think people don't actually give it enough time to follow a certain diet. They maybe do keto for a week. Oh, and no, I don't feel good. That's, that's it. Like you actually have to commit to it and be on it for a decent amount of time to see, to see how you actually feel and see how your body reacts to it. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of variety. So I love switching things up. So I'll literally go the complete opposite. So, you know, I'll go a keto diet, um, you know, zero carbs, only trace carbohydrates and vegetables and stuff. And my fat intake will be, you know, 250 grams minimum. Uh, then I'll do the complete opposite. You know, a, a you know low fat diet, but my carbohydrate intake will be five hundred to six hundred grams daily. Um, do you I, slow, do you slowly build that up and build into that, or do you just go straight into I, that? I just literally switch into it, but I do keep the calories. So, for example, if I just finished a three thousand five hundred keto diet and I go straight into carbs, I'll go three thousand five hundred, so the calories match. Um, but obviously, when I go to the high carb diet, my fat intake goes right the way down, just so calories still match. Mm. Um, and yeah, I love both. I know that I don't feel good on low carbohydrates. I feel good on super high carbs, and I feel good on keto. Yeah. But when I go low carbs, that's when I feel tired, I feel lethargic, and I don't have energy. So for me personally, it's either very high carbohydrates or very high fat yeah. and low carbs. Because <laughs> yeah, if you're low carbohydrate, I mean, I guess, again, it comes back to what you feel best on. And, and the best thing that you can do is actually be self-aware and understand your energy levels and pay attention to the feedback that your body's given you. But when you're in that low-carb state and you're not in a ketogenic state, you're, kind of getting the, you're not getting the benefits of either. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so you're cutting out <laughs> all, like the, all the energy source from your carbohydrates, but then you're not, not getting the energy from your fat. So you kind of just find yourself in a bit of a no man's land. And like you say, from an energy perspective, that can be pretty, pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> what about, what about mindset, bro? Cause, um, you know, obviously a big part of business success or, or getting anywhere in anything is comes back to the thoughts that you have. And you've created a huge amount of success for yourself in business, but also you have, in fitness as well, like you've, you've maintained an incredible physique for decades uh, and, you know, you've done a lot of stuff in bodybuilding, you've been to all the top shows, you, you know, traveled around to all the Arnold's and done all that kind of cool stuff, you've been sponsored by some great brands. What, what, are, what are the biggest things that you see that hold people back in terms of mindset and what are the biggest shifts that you've had to make to, in order to get the success that you've had? Mindset is literally everything. Dream it, believe it, achieve it. I think most people don't believe in themselves enough. And when they don't believe in themselves enough, they don't have the confidence to do anything. Um, they they want to start a YouTube channel, and that, that's, where it, that's where it gets to. Mm. They want to start a YouTube channel, and that's it. But they don't believe in themselves enough to actually start. And honestly, the hardest thing is actually starting. Yeah, but once it started, it's 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 all easy from there. Yeah, momentum's a huge thing, eh? Once you get that momentum, it's it's yeah. easy. <laughs> but it's, and that's with that's with anything. That's with diet. That's with business. That's with achieving any sort of goal. That you got to get that initial momentum going. But like you say, what? How do people get the confidence? So, like, have you always had that? Yeah, you someone that's always just dived into stuff head first and just had a crack and not been afraid of failure, or like, what's your relationship with failure and fear around that type of stuff? Um. 
Yeah, I guess I guess I've always been, you know, just always give it my best shot. Um, if you fail, you fail. If you don't, <laughs> then you succeed. Uh, there's a good quote from I think it was Michael Jordan, but you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So if you know, if I want to achieve something, but I'm afraid that I won't, so I don't even attempt it, then I, I failed anyway. <laughs> So exactly. it's the guaranteed, guaranteed way to fail is to not start. <laughs> exactly. So I think you just have to believe in yourself, believe it is possible. Anything is possible and then give it your best shot. Mm. Do you visualize or do anything like, do you have any techniques or routines that you implement on a daily basis around kind of building that self-belief or like kind of visualizing your future? Are you someone who is strict and routine like that? Or are you more about just getting in and doing the work and then the rest take care of itself? Yeah, I, I always visualize. Um, I visualize everything in my life. You know, I visualize what I'm trying to achieve in the future, and I, I always work towards whatever I'm visualizing at the time. And it, it all comes down to, you know, the effort and the energy that you put in to try and achieve whatever it is. Uh, I think Tony Robbins said this. It's, it's not um, I, I want to lose, for example, someone dieting. It's not, I want to lose weight. It's, I must lose weight. It's when your wants became a must, that's when, you know, you actually achieve stuff. <laughs> because most people just go out there wanting to achieve that. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want, I, want to, I want to achieve that. But when that want becomes a must, like, I must achieve that, you pretty much, you find the solution eventually. Yeah. <laughs> because you do whatever it takes to get there. It's it, it's a really good point because I find a, a lot of the time when it comes to taking action on stuff, whether it's building a business, losing weight, whatever it is, people are either like uh, pain is a great motivator, right? And pain's the greatest motivator. And often it takes people to get their back against the wall for them to take action. So either you're in a financially strapped situation where you've got no choice but to put your YouTube channel out there and get on with it, or you're in a situation where you've got your health so bad and you've, you're so low that you've just got nothing to lose so you have a crack but like how you've got success how do you keep that fire flamed like because it's very you know like it's so easy when you get a little bit of success and things get comfortable to to relax how do you keep on top of that for yourself because you seem like you're still such a driven guy um you seem like you're still full noise like you've got big visions and big goals but realistically like you could sit back and do bugger all most of the day if you wanted to I think most people try um, and chase success where they might do whatever to try and reach that success, but that whatever might not be what they actually love and enjoy. Mm. So I think the most important thing, more than, more than success, is to do the job or to do what you actually love and enjoy. Because if you do what you love and enjoy, then you'll do well regardless where I think most people just think of success. How do I get success? Okay, I can do this and this, but this and this is not what they actually like. Yeah. So they don't have the motivation to do it for 10 years plus, and they eventually fizzle out because it's too hard. But if they actually focus all their time and energy into something they love and enjoy, it doesn't become too hard because you actually love and enjoy it, and you just want to work harder and work harder and work harder. Yeah, it's, it's one, of those, um, one of those things where like, the measure of success it depends what your measuring stick for success is, right? You're saying that the ultimate success is happiness. <laughs> um, but most people are looking at societal success, like you've got the big house and the car and whatever else. And you can have both, but understanding that you can be rich and really unhappy. <laughs> and there's plenty of, plenty of multimillionaires out there who end up taking their own lives because they don't have that fulfillment and that happiness. Yeah. And I think most of the time, I could be wrong, but most of the time it's because they're doing a job that they don't love, they don't enjoy. Um, maybe it's brought them success, yes, but I honestly believe the most important thing is to do what you love and do what you enjoy regardless of the pay. Because if you do what you love and you do what you enjoy, you're, it doesn't seem like work. You're just doing what you love and enjoy. And if you do what you love and enjoy, that's when you have the passion for it. And you can do that for 10, 20, 30, 40 years plus. But if you're doing something where you hate waking up and you hate going to work, that's not a life to live, you know? Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's very hard to outwork the guy who absolutely loves what he's doing. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and if it comes back to, you know, if there's someone, if, if you're competing against someone who just absolutely wakes up and wants to get and rip into that thing and you're like half into it, you're just never going to compete. And obviously hard work is a measuring stick along with strategy to actually get results and whatever it is. So I agree with you on that. I think like, I think a lot of the time, um, you know, we get one, we get one crack at life and you can spend all your time doing stuff that you don't like, or you can try and organize your life in a way where you spend the majority of your time doing things that you care about that you feel is impactful. Uh, yeah. And with that comes, you know, an energy, which is the passion. Um, but in the receiving end of that is, is a lot of fulfillment when you're doing good work. And, and like you, bro, like you love fitness, but you also get on the flip side of loving what you do. You're also impacting a lot of people. And, and with that comes a great deal of fulfillment because it's bigger than you. Yep. So true. And what, about, also, what, what I do, I don't, I don't look at it as work. Um, yeah, I swear in my life, if I was a trillionaire, I would still wake up and do exactly what I do right now. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quit what I do. I, Cause I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I would do it without pay. It's, it's what I enjoy. So I yeah, think that's, that's, why, that's why I've been so consistent for all these years. Yeah, you couldn't do it otherwise, and and I love I that, man. Get up and do what I love to do. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool, man. I think that's awesome. I got a lot of respect for you for that, and and for anyone who's out there doing that. I think everyone's trying to find that. One of the hard things is though is that there's a there's a narrative with passion where it's like I spoke to someone the other day, and they had a really good framework for it. They said you can. There's two ways to go about living a passionate life, and one of them is that you you do what you love and you turn that into a career and, and a passion, or you go out and you earn money to spend that money doing the things that you're passionate about. And a lot of people, like you're very lucky in the sense that you found your passion early and you just fell into the gym and you love it. A lot of people go their whole lives not following that and not finding what it is and then feeling like a failure because they didn't do that. So it's an interesting conversation around that as well. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> What about um, people see your success now, bro, the big business and stuff is what I was going to ask you before. What about the failures? There must have been some failures along the way. There must have been some tough times. It can't have been all smooth sailing on the way up. Can you talk about some of the times where you've kind of <laughs> kind of made mistakes or you know, you've you felt like you're not going to, like it wasn't all going to work out and kind of how you've dealt with those situations? Because business is a war of attrition and, and much like fitness where you know, you fall off the wagon, it's how quickly you can get back on and not be distracted by that little blip. What's your business, uh, your trajectory and business been like? And what are some of the hardest times that you've experienced? Yeah, uh, there's, there's always ups and downs, man. And I guess the thing is to just keep pushing through those downtimes because if you keep pushing, uh, there's eventually going to be an upside. Uh, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, we've done some amazing months, but we've also, there's also been some months where we have struggled. Uh, but the key is, you know, if it's not working, try something different, change things up. Um, and if you just keep trying, you'll, you'll eventually find a way, you know. And for example, this, you know, whole coronavirus thing that happened, we were thinking, oh, what the hell are we going to do? This is, this is going to affect us big time. Um, but it didn't because right away we just came out the door and we're like, okay, no one can go to the gyms. Everyone's stuck at home. Everyone needs home workouts. So literally within three or four days, I filmed so many different home exercise videos um, just so I could create a whole home workout section in my app. So now we've switched all my clients over to home workouts and we're getting so many more people sign up, you know, because they now needed a home workout to follow. So there's always ways around it. And I guess in every business, in every business, you will find, you know, your hard times, but just keep pushing forward and don't stop and <laughs> eventually you'll get through. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I like that. I mean, failure is part of the journey, right? And as long as you've got the lens where you're learning, learning from those failures and not putting your head in the sand when they happen, <laughs> then you're going to be better, you're better equipped. One thing that I find is, as well, which is an important thing to touch on, I think is that if you've got a goal and you're going for it, like building a business and you get a year along the track and that business doesn't work out, People feel like they've failed, but you've never failed because you've got a year of learning under your belt. You've got a whole bunch of new skill sets. You've probably got new networks. You've like you've got so much growth there to apply to the next thing. And so like in that regard, as long as you're doing and not sitting on the sidelines, you can never fail. Yeah, so true. You're only fail if you're only failing if you are doing nothing and sitting on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> but if you try a business and it doesn't work out, that's not a fail. 
exactly what you said. It's a, it's a learning process. So what is it, what is it that drives you then? Like what are your, what's your kind of why? Like with where you're at now where you've got your success, are you striving to get to like a, a monetary goal? Are you, is it about reaching a certain amount of people? Like what are your goals for yourself and for Joseph Rakesh Fitness and the ventures that you have now? Yeah, um, I guess a bit of everything to be honest. Like there definitely is the monetary goal, um, but I guess the number one you know, goal that I've had for a long, long time is to one day help more than you know, one million people worldwide um, and then after that, help 10 million people worldwide. And I want to be a, a household name, just like Weight Watchers. Um, I think they've done amazing in the weight loss section. So I want to I wanna become mainstream. I want to I wanna be like Weight Watchers. And I just, I fully want to, I really want to dominate the market. Um, and I, I know it's possible if I keep putting in the work and keep putting in the hours and continue loving what I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, eh? Because even just talking about that, like you mentioning Weight Watchers, I feel like a lot of people in the fitness space judge other people in the fitness space because you know they might have done, they might have studied a certain thing, and they feel like they've got more knowledge than someone else or whatever it is. But some of the people, and you know, people like Weight Watchers and stuff like that get slammed a lot because it's a, such a simple kind of concept. But the reality is the true measure of that is how many lives they've touched. And like, if you've helped someone get off the couch and get active, it doesn't really matter what formula they've used to do that. And I feel like there's so much judgment in the fitness industry between trainers and stuff and like, oh, I've done this course, so I know more than you. But if you've only given that knowledge that you learned in that course to one person and someone else has 10 times less knowledge than you, but they've got, you know, 2,000 people moving, then that person's had a bigger impact. Yeah. That's such a big problem as well. I, I see that all the time. Honestly, man, sometimes it comes down to the basics in order to get someone to change their life. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the system that Weight Watchers have done. You know, they've put people on a calorie deficit diet and got them to exercise and they're getting results. But then there's so many people, you know, on YouTube and Instagram. Some of them get too technical and, oh, you know, you can't have too much protein. It'll, it'll kick you out of keto and because of gluconeogenesis, the protein will get converted into glucose and your body will... And, like, it gets too technical where sometimes, you know, they, they take a dig at everyone else, but everyone else in the bigger scheme of things is actually helping more people because they're not getting caught up in all these little technicalities and details and they're focusing on the bigger picture. And the majority of the world and the majority of my clients, you know, they want to lose weight. They're not, you know, trying to get on stage. They're not trying to get 3% body fat or whatever to compete. Someone who wants to get like that needs one-on-one -on -one coaching and adjustments here and there. But for the majority of people, the majority of my clients, they want to lose weight, um, feel better about themselves and just be in good shape. So when it comes to that, it's pretty much just following a calorie deficit diet that they can stick to. Most people don't know what that is, um, but I can provide those tools for women and Weight Watchers does the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's like, um, it, it, it's one of those things where like if you can give people, you don't need to give people everything, you need to give them the simplest and fastest way for them to get a result in a healthy way. And I think a lot of people are in the online space and particularly with business and stuff like that as well, people are trying to add steps and trying to confuse things and make, make them, they think that the right thing to do to make themselves seem like more of an expert is to complicate shit but what that does is the opposite of what the client needs and if you can strip all that shit away and simplify the journey for people then you're adding the most value yeah because for for a long time when i first started out i wasn't getting the clients that i i wanted so i thought i had to learn more and so i was learning more about the science and trying to get smarter and smarter but i knew the basics i knew how to get results so i didn't need to learn all this complicated stuff like that wasn't going to make my business any better and it wasn't necessarily going to help me, you know, transform thousands and thousands more lives. What really helped me transform more lives is simplifying it for my clients, giving them something easy and simple to follow and then getting them to stick to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, what, just talking about this stuff with the online, the online space, have you had to deal with much hate and like putting yourself out there in the way that you do? You've got so many followers and there's so much engagement around a lot of the stuff that you put out there. Have you had to deal with a lot of negativity? And if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's a funny place, man. There's 
a lot of negative people out there. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but I'll definitely deal with a lot of hate um, on all platforms, to be honest, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. I honestly don't understand it, man. Like, I can't imagine myself being so angry or so upset with someone to get on my phone or to get on my laptop and just like type something negative that, oh, I hate blah, blah, blah. Like, I just think, oh, I, I feel sorry for them. Like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine myself doing that. They like, I just feel like they must be in not, not a good place to, you know, put that energy out there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't take any weight on it. I just try and ignore it and try and look past it. Um, I think a lot of people do get caught up and they do get their feelings hurt. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just someone, it's just a keyboard warrior behind their phone or behind their laptop just speaking their mind. In real life, they probably wouldn't say that to you, but because they're hidden, they can. Um, but yeah, I nothing really affects me now. I just, you know, I just feel sorry for the person <laughs> who actually yeah. sees the negative comment. It's funny because as you were saying that, it's what it reminded me of one of those things. Like, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a lot of photos of it online, but I think it's um, Michael Phelps in the Olympics and he's swimming in the pool and like he's number one, he's about to win win the race. And then the guy who's coming second is like swimming and looking at where he is. And it's like winners only focus on the finish line, losers focus on who's winning. And I, <laughs> essentially what you're saying is like you don't have time. And anyone out there who is sitting there is not going to be in a better position than you. Like people who have created success for themselves are not fucking sitting on Facebook and that trying to tear other people down. They're, they're busy creating a life that they want for themselves. And so it's an interesting one, man. But I feel like a lot of people, particularly starting out, and I mean, I'm just putting my personal brand out there now, starting a podcast, doing stuff. Um, I've built businesses behind the scenes and, and I'm putting myself out there for kind of like the first time and uh, it's one of those things I feel like a lot of people put too much weight on it and almost don't ever take action on their dreams because of the negativity that might come their way you know yeah but you're only going to be hated on by someone doing less than you you're never going to be hated on by someone doing better than you it's, it's just I don't understand it man honestly if they put all that time and energy as they do into hating and all this negative stuff, into bettering themselves and something positive, they would be so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be so much better off. Yeah. Instead, for some reason, they choose to channel that into negativity because they think, they think bringing that person down will make themselves better. Um, Gary Vee, actually, he's got a good quote. He said, which is, you know, referring to the hating, he said, he wants to build the biggest tower in the city by building the biggest tower in the city where everyone else wants to have the biggest tower in the city by demolishing everyone else's tower. Yeah. yeah. So I think everyone just needs to focus on bettering themselves. Um, but at the moment, too many people focus on bringing everyone else down to try and make themselves better, which is the wrong way to go about it. Totally, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more there. What about outside? How do you balance life outside of business, man? Like, I know you're passionate about what you do, but um, entrepreneurship's a, a lifestyle for sure. And, and there's kind of no way around that. But I know that you like to travel. I, I think we initially connected when you went over to Thailand and I dropped you some tips on uh, what to do in Phuket because we'd been living there for a bit. Um, yeah. You obviously like to travel and, and you've got, uh, you know, your, your nice cars and things like that. Like, what do you enjoy outside of business? What fills you up? What are your passions outside of what you do? I guess I balance it. I balance it pretty bad. Um, I, I love work, man. And like, if I'm not training, if I'm not eating, if I'm not sleeping, um, or if I'm not spending time with you know friends or family, I, I don't watch TV. I work yeah. all my downtime. I literally work. I I don't know. I I struggle to just chill. Um, if I have, Why is that? Is that because you feel like you're wasting your time, or just because you genuinely just love what you do so much? I genuinely just love what I do. I don't. I don't feel like I'm wasting time. Like I, I just find it hard to chill. Like I, I, I don't have a start time for work. I don't have a finish time for work. I literally just, I literally just, I literally just work and don't stop. Um, but the beauty, the beauty of my job is I don't have a start time. I don't have a finish time. Um, I don't have to be in a certain place, a certain office. So I'm very flexible. So I can train it whenever I want. If my mate wants to go for lunch, I can go for lunch. If my mate wants to go for dinner, I can go for dinner. Um, if I want to go you know, on a date with my girlfriend, I can 
go on a date. I don't have certain time restrictions. Um, and I can travel the world and work from wherever I am, as long as i got Wi-Fi and my laptop and my phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also traveling helps me because my business is based around creating content and putting out content. So when I travel, it allows me to get different content that's not just a chest workout in the gym. Um, because sometimes in New Zealand, it is hard because I live here, so I feel like all my content's in the gym. But when I'm traveling overseas, America or Thailand, I'm, just because I'm in a different scene, it's easier for me to just get different content and make it interesting for people who follow me. So um, I think that's one of the, the benefits of my business. It's I'm flexible and I can work from anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, that, it's uh, pretty important. What about on the financial side of things? Because New Zealand's a funny place like that as well. Like tall poppy syndrome's real in New Zealand, and I don't think we celebrate people's success enough. Like for me, I I'm addicted. Like one of the most attractive attributes I find in a person is ambition, and I do, I'm just naturally drawn towards people who are passionate about what they do and who have big ambitions and who want to push the limits and do stuff. Like I naturally gravitate towards you know, singers and artists and rappers and sportsmen and businessmen and people who are out there really having a crack at things. Um, what, how, you've created a lot of financial success for yourself. Have you always had that? Have you had times where you've been, where, where you've not had money, where you've been broke? Like what has creating that financial freedom done for you in terms of the quality of your life? Because I, I feel like in New Zealand, we're bad at talking about that stuff. I feel like if you make money, like there's a bad connotation towards it. And there's a lot of people in New Zealand, uh, and just in general, with negative money mindset. Have you run into that? And, and what's your mindset around money? Because it must have given you an incredible quality of life based on what you've created for yourself. Yeah, we, we do have that tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand. Um, I don't know why, man. I think other people should be motivated and inspired by that. That's just like funny. you are, just like I am. Like music artists, sportsmen um I'm, I'm inspired by them as well you know i i always you know search up interviews on youtube who have you know sports people music people who have been successful um just because i'm inspired by that and that inspires me to go and do better but here in new zealand sometimes you know everyone wants to bring bring us down but i guess you know we can't let that get to us and we just have to keep moving forward but the financial freedom you know it has changed my life it's allowed me to travel more um it's allowed me to you know do more things that i i, I guess i couldn't do buy some things that i couldn't uh before but uh i'm not an idiot <laughs> when it comes to money i don't just go and blow my money on, on stupid stuff um i do invest in certain things as well so um and i have my dad to thank for that because when it comes to investing i've got no idea <laughs> <laughs> no idea at all um, so my dad has helped me um, with advice on, you know, property and land um, and certain stuff to invest into. So I've taken his advice and he's helped me there. Yeah. What about mentorship? Like, have you had mentors throughout your time in business? And, and do you, are you, I know that you've built a big team with Joseph Rakesh Fitness and you, um, but like what, obviously no one does great things by themselves. So like, what's your opinion on getting mentorship and, and building that circle of people that can help you. Cause I feel like your network is such an important aspect, but people try and tackle entrepreneurship and, and fitness and all this stuff by themselves so often. Yeah. And that's the wrong way. Everyone thinks um, they have to be self-made and I, I don't believe in self-made. It, it's, you know, everyone around you has, you know, some part that is attributed to your life and to where you get. Uh, teamwork makes dreams work, and I couldn't have got to where I am uh, by myself. Like I'm not self-made. I've, I've had my team to help me. I've had my dad to help me. So, like I just said before, I've I've made money, but I guess I'm not smart with money myself. Well, I'm not stupid and go and spend it, but I I wouldn't know myself what to invest my money in. Yeah. But my dad is very smart with property and land, so I've listened to my dad's advice, and I guess he's mentored me. Um, on where to invest my money in. And then over the time, I've also had other mentors. Um, the first gym that I ever worked at, there was a guy called Keith. Um, he was definitely one of my mentors who changed my mind and how I think about things. And basically to get myself to believe that anything is possible if I put in the work, the time, the energy. 
Um, and I have to admit that him back in the day when I first started the gym was a huge factor in the way that I think now. Um, his son now works for me as my as my video guy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I've had other mentors as well, not people who I actually know in person, but literally just people who I search on YouTube. For example, I might search Kobe Bryant interview, um, Elon Musk interview, and I don't know them, but I listen to their advice, and I guess all that information comes back to me, and I, I take them on as a mentor, even though they're not directly mentoring me. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just stealing that information from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a great point as well, though, bro. Because if you're hungry, there's you know we're we're in the we're the luckiest generation ever in the sense that like whatever you want to know is at the touch of a fingertip. I can Google and learn how to build an online business. I can, you know, everything that we want to know is accessible within a few seconds. And, you know, you can tap into, they say that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. But man, you can listen to books, podcasts and whatever it is and tap into that. And I don't, under, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like to try and learn and I try and build that into my daily practice. Like I'm always trying to gain that new skills and get inspiration from people who are way down the road from where I am and, and have sort of lives and have achieved things that I want to learn. Are you structured with your learning? Like, are you someone who, have you always read books and done podcasts and stuff like that? How do you, how, how do you learn? And like, has that always been a big part of you? Yeah. So I can't learn from reading books. I don't know why. Um, I'm just very bad at reading. I'm not bad at reading, but I just can't take the information from reading a book. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with audio bit, books, but not the best. The best way for me to learn is to listen and watch at the same time. For example, um, a YouTube interview on someone that I just searched up. That is the best way for me to intake that information. And I also find um, I need to be doing something else while I'm listening and watching that. So. Back in the past, when I have dieted and I've done cardio in the morning, I used to do cardio on the treadmill, just you know, a 40-minute, 30-minute walk. When I was doing that cardio, I would have my laptop on the treadmill and I'd be watching and listening to an interview of someone who I'm inspired by. And I literally could take that information in so good. Better than reading a book, better than just listening to an audio book, um, and better than listening and watching it if I was just sitting down at my computer. Right. So, I'm just sitting down at my computer, um, I, can, I kind of drift off and I open tabs up and my mind's not there. But when I'm doing cardio, I, for some reason, because I'm, I'm doing cardio, I'm just I'm zoned in 100% to that interview. So visual and audio at the same time work best for me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what's your, I guess, like if you had a couple of bits of advice that you wanted to pass on to people, like if you could be known for like a few lessons or a few bits of advice based on your experience uh, and where you've got to with your life, whether it's passing it back to like you yourself 10 years ago or to a young buck out there who's got big ambition but is just starting out, what are some of like the top two or three bits of advice that you would like to pass on? Do what you love and love what you do. Uh, don't be afraid of failure. Believe in yourself 100% and always give it 100% effort no matter what you do. And don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the and, blueprint right there. Yeah, and that's the blueprint. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's cool, man. Yeah, don't, don't be afraid of trying new things. Don't be afraid of failing. You know, if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. Yeah, that's true, man. Where can people look you up, bro? If they, um, I mean, you're everywhere on the internet, but <laughs> it's at Joseph Rakesh on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yep, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter. TikTok now. TikTok now. <laughs> Any social media platform you'll find me on, uh, just search my name, J-O-S-E-F, and last name is R-A-K-I-C-H. Cool, man. Well, I just want to say, firstly, thank you so much for giving up your time to have a chat. Um, I know, like, I think particularly during this time now with all the madness that's going on with coronavirus and all the other stuff out there in the world at the moment, it's just important to have positive content and um, and to have people who who want to pass their knowledge down. And you know, you've got a lot of success that you've built for yourself, both uh, 
personal life and in business. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to pass that on to other people. Um, I know that there's a lot of value in what we've talked about and I love your attitude and just your, um, yeah, I guess just your attitude towards life and the way that you get out there and attack it. I think it's really admirable. And um, I guess that's why I've been drawn to, to connect with you on this podcast. And um, I, ho- I hope that, you know, throughout coronavirus and through the rest of the year that your trajectory is really strong. And I look forward to following your journey and connecting with you more, man. Well, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate you having me on here as well. And I, I really enjoyed this podcast. So it was, it was good. Oh, that's cool, man. Hey, last question for you. The name of this podcast, it's, it's the Life Livers Academy and it's kind of trying to connect people with the ideas and the inspiration and the mindsets to get out there and live life to the fullest. What does it mean to you to actually live life to the fullest? Um, to give nothing less than 100% in whatever you do. Um, I think, you know, every aspect in your life, give it 100%, whether it's spending time with your family, um, whether it's business, whether it's a gym. Always go 100% and give it everything you have. And that's how I think you can live life to the fullest. Don't be afraid of attempting something uh, because if you do, you're only going to regret that later. And regret (laughs) is the worst thing, man. I love it. It's a great note to finish on. Joseph Rakesh, thanks so much for your time, brother. Thank you very much for having me. Really enjoyed it. So there you have it, guys. That was my interview with Joseph Rakesh. Really enjoyed connecting with Joseph. Obviously, he's got an awesome attitude and sort of like an infectious energy for life and business. Um, lots of takeaways in there, particularly around building an online business in the health and fitness space, um, but more so just around mindset and how Joseph approaches life. Um, so I hope that you found that valuable. If you're not following him online, I highly recommend that you do. He's pumping out content on a daily basis across all those platforms. So it's at Joseph Rakesh on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, And if you're needing some help with your health and fitness or you're lacking a bit of inspiration, I highly recommend that you get over there and check him out. If you enjoyed that podcast, please share it out with anyone that you think will find value in it. And like I've said before, the best way that you can help me reach new listeners and grow this podcast is to leave a rating on whatever platform you listen to it and share this content out with your friends and family. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode.